Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with week 71 of the Ham Radio Podcast. Loa and, wow, well, Loa. Noah and Loan are not joining me this week, so I have my favorite man in the industry with me today. Would you kindly introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. I'm Carrick with ACG, doing reviews on YouTube. Um, and uh, getting death threats all the time for No Man's Sky reviews. <laughs> it's been an interesting week, man. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Especially, you know, a lot of, a lot of Bethesda news, a lot of general gaming news that's come out. Uh, the revival of some old companies as well. It's, it's going to be a, a good podcast this week, so thank you for your time. And uh, By the way, ladies and gentlemen, Carrick's channel is linked down below. Please check him out. There's a reason why we collab so much now, and it's because we are just right here, man. We are on the same wave. KOTOR. Yeah. It all started with KOTOR. It did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as always, there's going to be the links in the description if you want to listen on the go. I do apologize for that. Um, there haven't been mobile episodes for the past two weeks, and um, this third week I think we should be okay, and you're going to get like an onslaught of mobile episodes. The reason for that, I've explained it every week, but it's because we've been updating our application that lets us put the podcast on your mobile devices, but... He was making a new version. Some of the code got messed up. He has to restart, so he gave me an updated version of the current one. And so I'm going to use that for now until we get a proper functioning new version. So I do apologize for those of you who can only listen on the go. I know there's a lot of you out there, and I do apologize for letting you guys down. But, uh, yeah, we're just trying to work through these kinks, and you guys should have them. And as always, timestamps are down below if you want to skip to a certain section. And lastly, if you guys want to get involved on in the podcast, answer the following question on Twitter with the hashtag HamRadioTime. Tweet at either... Uh, Jeremy or I with your answer to the following question what game of this fall has you most excited I know it's a very general question but also there's so many games this fall that you know it's a it's a pretty hard question to answer for me it was easy because you know Final Fantasy 15 but I've heard that might be delayed which uh which would really stink because you know that was that game looks seriously incredible they're saying November 23rd now really yeah, I didn't even see that. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, it's good to know. Yeah, I mean, slightly relieving because you know there, there's going to be so much going on, and that's going to yeah. be like right at the beginning of the semester for me. So that that's kind of good. But nonetheless, let's roll on into this week's Bethesda news roundup. A lot of information came out from QuakeCon because Pete Hines said he did upwards of 50 interviews, and so he had to answer a lot of different questions, and so we got a lot of different information on some pretty bizarre topics from Bethesda. So the first one is a combination. I don't think we've really seen that much in the games industry, which is Bethesda and Nintendo working together. And Pete Hine said that uh, Bethesda is without a doubt looking into creating games for the Nintendo NX, the the upcoming Bethesda con or well, Bethesda, the Nintendo console that I think is it supposed to launch next year. Yeah. 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 I haven't we'll been paying close we'll attention see. to that because apparently as time goes on, it's like more and more, like they're already shooting themselves in the foot or something like that. 
Yeah, I mean, but it is Nintendo, so like I, I mean, every every time my age, there's a lot of people my age who are constantly crossing their fingers each time Nintendo releases a console. They're like, damn. Mm-hmm. So I'm this one is one more time where it's like, let's cross our fingers and hope. Uh, but like, there's rumors about cartridge use and yeah. and not very powerful. The thing is, though, uh, not very powerful. A lot of people mistake not very powerful for right now. They don't realize that still it's going to be you know a jump from the Wii U and stuff like that. You'll still see your Nintendo games on a more powerful system. So uh, I'm excited for Nintendo fans, but I'm not 100% sure what we see will bring new people in. I'm mm-hmm. just a little nervous. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely going to be interesting because, I mean, I know Bethesda and a lot of other third-party developers have wanted to support Nintendo, but the issue was that when they made the Wii U, I think Nintendo people said that they had like an expectation that developers were just going to come support them they didn't talk to them about the console at all they just made it put it out there and they were like go make games yeah and so i think what they're doing this time is is trying to reach out to developers and stuff i think they've talked to ea from if i remember correctly i could be wrong but i know they, they've started reaching out so i'm wondering if Bethesda will ever make an exclusive game for the nintendo will they, or will they just kind of do what a lot of other companies have been doing which is Bring all your games out on every single system. Oh, and then the Nintendo NX, like, seven months later, for, like, the, the, two, <laughs> for the 2% that'll buy it. Like, like with yeah. Watch Dogs Wii U. You know, that, that like, yeah. 1%. Yeah. It, did Watch Dogs Wii U ever come out? Yes, it actually did. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember. Uh, yeah. Th- no, you're, you're absolutely right. I think that it's exciting for people who uh, want a Nintendo system for Nintendo games to know that a company like Bethesda is I- incredibly interested in working with them. Mm-hmm. But I do have to say that, and I, and I love, I, I like everybody at Bethesda. I think that they're nowhere near Peter Molyneux when they come to their excitement about games. But sometimes, yeah. you know, they get a little too excited about stuff or explain th- or, or make it sound like things are going to be great. So I'm not 100% on board with them. Just because they want to doesn't mean it'll happen, right? Absolutely. Yeah. But I hope it will because that would mean that if somebody wanted to play some Link or whatever, they would be able to do that and they'd be able to play on the Wii as well. And, yeah. you know, be able to, or Wii, Wii UX or NX or whatever they're <laughs> going to call it. And that would be awesome, you know? I would like to see more third party games on Nintendo systems. As would I, sure. because uh, that, that's why a lot of people got the Wii because it had fantastic All exclusives right. and then it also just was the strong third party lineup. Um, yeah. What do you what do you think about the rumors on the NX in general? Because I know they said like the the controller will be almost like a portable system in its own that can play the games on the NX. Like you can play them right. on your TV, but then you can take them with you on this portable NX device. Well, um, if you follow patents, which I do a little bit, I, I like do. to follow patents and you know sort of see because Nintendo, Nintendo, um, Microsoft, and Sony all sort of let loose with what they're going to do a little early. You can almost always go back and go, I see. Mm-hmm. It's usually a combination on purpose, and that's uh, big companies will do that to confuse patent followers like us. They'll release multiple patents and then. Whatever they want to do is a mix. I actually think it's probably going to be what they say. It's probably going to be a weaker system. Um, and and the idea of this, the, the idea of this mobile device that can also do console is Nintendo's continual attempt to not only have their success on mobile, but their success on the major desktop platform. The, or sorry, home home theater platform, which they haven't had. Nintendo's forced this with the Wii U as well. I mean that you know they're they're. I mean, come on, like mm-hmm. this pad thing, it didn't work, but. Uh, if you follow Chinese companies like I do, I do a lot of uh, testing on Android devices where they're like, we've got a controller th- or we've got a, a game system this big. You know, there's all this miniaturization happening. I see Nintendo eyeing that kind of stuff and going, okay, so they've got 
these pretty powerful games that do good emulation. They're, they're Android devices, blah, blah, blah. And you start hearing some of those rumors about Nintendo devices doing ar- using ARM instead of Intel uh, chips. You know, so... It's just all over. It's all over the mark when it comes to what the rumor is. But personally, I think it's pretty much already known. It'll be a little bit less powerful, and they're they're going to shoot for the Wii U style again. They're going to try to figure that out. That's. I mean, look at them. It's almost like they've got their eyes set on this target, and they refuse. They just refuse to let go of it. They. Yeah. They're going to try it until they die. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, I, I mean, would you want one? Would you want? Do you like the idea of? Hmm. Yeah. A mobile device that's also okay. Lately, I haven't been much of a mobile gamer because I I love my Vita. I, they the other two hosts I do the podcast with Noah and Lone. They they make jokes all the time about how like oh, I, gotcha. I enjoy the PS Vita. You know, it's a dying system. Um, and so I I I love that so much. You know, I love sometimes I don't feel like it sounds ridiculous, but sometimes I don't want to sit in my my computer chair and, and hook yeah. over the screen and play right. a game. Sometimes I like to kick my feet up and play a handheld game. And it's also just a tie back to my childhood. That's what my childhood was, was just handheld games for a gotcha. long, long while. So it's also just a nostalgic thing. And I love them. So one, one of my favorite games ever made, Danganronpa, was on the Vita. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it, it brought me one of those. So it's like I love handheld games because a lot of them are, a lot of good games are there. So for me, it, it's slightly appealing to hear that I could have this console game that plays at like a higher resolution, you know, looks mm-hmm. really great. But then I can take it on the go and obviously it'll be lower res, but I could still keep playing it on the go where I could just go up to a friend's house and have the controller with me or something and, and just play it on my own. Yeah. I, I kind of like that idea to a degree. I think if you're someone like me or you who travels a decent amount, it would be nice to have this thing that can let you take your console games with you because sometimes you have to buy the game separately. That's the beauty of the Vita, though. I think people are going to learn that maybe with the NX, that the Vita lets you take games, cross-save them for certain platforms, and you can play them on your Vita. But that's only specific games. If Nintendo's NX actually lets you do that with every single game that comes out, right? That'll yeah, be, be cool. that would be very cool. Yeah, it's not like the reason a lot of people skip down on the Vita is because yes, it's tied to the PS4, but it's very selective. It, there's hardly any games that really, not hardly, but there's not enough games to justify a purpose for a crossplay. It and, does. Oh, go ahead. And I, I was gonna say you can also do like a, a share play kind of thing where if someone else in the room needs the TV. You can change the channel, and then it'll stream the game from your PS4 to your Vita. So you can keep playing that console game on your Vita, but it's almost like a Wi-Fi thing where the yeah. screen might cut out sometimes. It's got to be oh. in range. So, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of kinks to work out, but if Nintendo can find a way to make that a, a core piece of their console, I think it could be really cool. Well, I mean, it does, again, remind me of the like the Android services, like you know Chromecast, whatever. You know, You can play a game on your phone. It'll save to you know, your Google store, whatever, I don't even know, Play Store, whatever that's called anymore, and then you go to another device, and there it is, and you can play it on a more powerful device with different graphic settings. Uh, in a way, that's what it reminds me of. And it really does seem like Nintendo's got their eye on the Android iPhone-style market with a more powerful device. And if that's true, like, it, it, for example, uh, if it has a hard dock, uh, let's say you're, you're playing your handheld and it looks a certain way, and then you can hard dock it to the main system, and, like, it's more powerful... Which there's ways to do that with interfaces. You have Thunderbolt. You have multiple different interfaces that are, that are fast enough to do that kind of connection between two devices. That could be awesome. Like, yeah. you know, to play one version with a lower down graphics res when you're you're playing your Link portable, and then you go over and you plug that in, and now you're on your desktop or sorry, on your you know home theater, and it's 1080p and 60 mm-hmm. frames per exactly. second. Exactly. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that'd be very cool if they could do yeah. something like that. I'd be I'd be all for that. Uh, you know, that's does, just does it ever make you sad? We keep saying if if. 
I we if we just I don't know it's I just want it I just want to know what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so tired. I, I'm not okay. There was a period of time where I didn't like Nintendo because it seemed like they were just making wrong decision after another. But like uh-huh. I like I, I've said this in the past, and although there aren't many games on my Wii U shelf, anytime I'm starting on my Wii U, it's it's for a game I I very much enjoy. Gotcha. Same thing with my 3DS. You know, it, it, for all Nintendo's faults, anytime I'm playing their, one of their systems, it is, and mind you, this is for their first-party games or games that are exclusive to their consoles, sure. I'm always enjoying it. I, I don't play a game on a Nintendo platform that I'm like, this right. wasn't that good. And so right. that's one thing I don't think I can say about anyone else. So that's why we want that success. Yeah. So hopefully things pan out. Um, a lot of people really, really want a Pokemon console game. I think if they did a Pokemon launch game for the NX... Like everyone's asked it, an open world Pokemon game. Even I would like that, that and I'm not, would, I, I would love that. Man. Yeah, I know not everyone's Pokemon fans, but yeah, like that would be just to see what they could do with that would be really cool. Because you know, a lot of a lot of Zelda fans are happy because they're going to get that finally that true open world Zelda title. And I, and if you have your Pokemon title on your NX and you're playing it at home and then you grab that sucker and run around go. the world, yeah, on the go, like I'm, I'm telling you right now, that's some that's some crazy ass shit yeah, going on powerful. right there. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah, they could they could really take the ball and run with it. So they have a chance to, to make something special. That's why a lot of gamers get really upset over Nintendo because it's like they have the ideas, they have the titles, and, yep. and they have the money to do great things. It's like, can they execute? Yeah. So time will tell. Anyways. Back to Bethesda. Uh, how about some Fallout and Elder Scrolls movie talk? Yeah, this has been something that's been brought up a couple times on the podcast. And once again, Pete Hines was asked about it. And he said that Bethesda, yet again, he said this earlier, hears pitches about these movies all the time, but doesn't want it to take away from how the developers want to drive that title. So for Fallout or Elder Scrolls, if they made a movie, then people would perceive it in a different way, where the developers currently have the control on how the, the these right. titles are perceived. So the chance is that if Peter Jackson were to direct an Elder Scrolls movie, that's the only way something could happen, says Pete Hines. Now, I don't know if that was just talk and that if, if Peter Jackson actually walked in, showed up, was like, I'm ready to make this Elder Scrolls movie, would they be like, okay? Or would they be like, hold the fuck up. We have to think for a second. Yeah. You know, so, I, I mean, I'm not a Are big... You, I'm, not impre- I'm not a big Peter Jackson fan. Yeah. So I yeah. was originally, but I was the ho- the Hobbit completely destroyed a lot of my good faith in that guy. Really? So I like yeah, that. yeah. The CGI was, I mean, some some of the worst special effects I've seen. But <laughs> you know, he admitted what happened there, which was cool. Actually, you know, you have to take your your hats off for for that guy. He is actually very truthful about the development process when it comes to movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and he there's a video a behind the scenes. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's a behind the scenes movie about the creation of the Hobbit. And during it, you can hear him multiple times. Like it's almost like the Phantom Menace moment when you see George Lucas watching the movie with his friends, and he goes, "Maybe I made it too complex." And you're all, "Oh my god, you think?" <laughs> and 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 uh, Peter Jackson's running around, and people in the in the group around him are like, "Dude, he's he's burned out. Like it's it's just not working as well as it did with Lord of the Rings." So um, I, I I have a lot of faith in him, but I don't necessarily think, I don't know, does he seem like he just has to be the one to, I mean, he's good at casting. That's one good thing. You know, you wouldn't get The Rock if he was the director, because that's, I do not want to see, I do not want to see an Elder Scrolls movie with the typical actors that you would expect. I, that would kill my soul to see The Rock show up. Yeah. As Dove Keen. <laughs> like, oh, I kill myself, man. There's no way. It's like, raw. <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't handle it. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, do you like the idea of a movie? That's the thing. It's like, I think, I, I always say, 
the reason these titles and these discussions come up is because the games are so well loved and because exactly they're games they're special in their own right the fun yeah. of a fallout game the fun of an elder scrolls game is because i'm holding the controller and i am directing my experience right. when i'm watching a movie of someone directing said experience not saying it can be bad because i've seen sure. both fan projects from both communities mm-hmm. you know they've been fantastic there was a nuka break tv show for fallout um young yeah made a uh, like a dragonborn movie there's mm-hmm. some really cool things people can make that can direct an experience for these things it's just a matter of you've never seen them work out sure maybe maybe elder scrolls and or fallout could be the first one but for me i think there's just too much of a chance that you could damage your franchise to let that happen and so for me it's it's i like more seeing more of a series like i'm a believer that Yes, it's important to get the fan to wait a little bit so that they can miss that title and, and want to have it again. But right. there's a certain extent to, to waiting too much or even giving too much. And I think if you're doing Elder Scrolls Online, Elder Scrolls Legends, Elder Scrolls Movie, then you're talking about Elder Scrolls 6 in a few years. I think that's too much. Right. So I, 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 think, I think maybe they should uh, not do a movie. But then again, it could be good because I, I love the Lord of the Rings and... Um, I like The Hobbit, actually. So, you know, I, I think they're both fantastic series. And so hearing that, I, I wouldn't be too against it if Peter Jackson were to direct a Elder Scrolls movie. But then again, I have to admit, I'm not a huge movie buff at all. And I'm not saying <laughs> you are, but like, you know, I am. Actors, yeah, sure. act, actors' names sometimes are, they do not come to me right away. Gotcha. Uh, I don't notice like the little CGI things, like when people are originally started telling me how bad episode three of star wars was you know they're like look at the look at the effects dude i'm like yeah what but i mean that's still definitively my favorite star wars movie i'm not afraid to say that i, I love it which episode one th- episode three i love that one you mean Reve- uh, Re- revenge, revenge of the, of the sith? sith yeah i dude i i that's the only good one i love i actually really enjoy that one yeah uh, i have a question then so have you seen the elf stones tv show no based on Terry Brooks' books. Um, now, I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh my god! Because they they are a bunch of absolutely gorgeous people playing these characters. Like, they don't look as realistic as, as the fiction is. But would you ever ex- would you ever be behind, like, a some kind of series? Because The reason why I ask that is because there's a couple series on HBO and Showtime that have done this, where at the end of each episode, they ask a question of the audience, and then the audience feeds back, and then they direct it that way. This sound, I know that's a lot to ask, but it would be so cool to have like a, a Fallout TV show where it's like, by, like you know, Netflix would have to do this. Let's be honest, but like you, you get to choose stuff, and then boom, they direct it, and that to would me like would that. actually be cool. I, yeah, because that, be that would be yeah, fitting. exactly. Because you're right. You said games were interactive, and the fact is, is if you j- leap to a movie, there's an issue. But if you do that middle ground, there could be some really cool play with the fiction. That would mm-hmm. be fun. Yeah. And yeah. also, you know, I, I, that would lead to an interesting viewing experience for both sides. If you're like, I really want this to happen, but it, it doesn't happen because the majority votes something else. And then you're like, how is this going to play out? And, and, and so True the, enough, yeah. the, the story can really evolve into something. The only thing that would suck is for people who are catching up. They just watch the, the show straight up. Oh, they, they true. Yeah. Any interaction. But one idea I've always had for when it comes to TV or movies was for Fallout, make a, a silent cartoon similar to like Tom and Jerry with the Vault Boy. Mm-hmm. Simple oh, as that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've said that for so long. I'm like, that's it one thing that would work. Well. That would work. Yeah. That would 100% work if, if done right. And I think it would work because you look at the uh, the special trailers for Fallout 4 where, you know, they, they describe the stats with the Vault Boy cartoon. And it shows how charismatic he can be, how funny he can be. And I think if they made a just a mini series off of it, just as like a test run, I think we'd do well. 
I really think it would. Not connected directly, but Cuphead, uh, the 2D mm-hmm. scroller Cuphead, um, has a, a particularly scratchy Warner Brothers old cartoon style to Absolutely, it. Um, yeah. And 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 it, it does lend itself to a lot of charisma. So Pip Boy, that would be awesome. Like yeah. if it was, but you want it to be silent. You would think you would like it to I mean, be silent, huh? just music. Yeah, because I, I feel um, like you know maybe that's just me being a slightly old fashioned, but I feel like no, that'd be cool. Yeah. Part of it is like his, you know, his emotes, you know, the things he mm-hmm. does with his, you know, his uh, charm and stuff that I think is what brings him to life more than what he says. He's, it's always been like that. So to change that, I think would be a little strange. I gotcha. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Very good idea. That's a, that's cool. I hope it, I hope it happens one day because I think it's a you can make them a lot of money. Same thing, like I said, yeah. with the, the even though they've said they've tried it, the Nuka Cola Coca Cola crossover. I said they should try that, but uh, they said that they couldn't. So that sucks. But oh. anyway, next piece of news. This one's interesting because I want to hear your thoughts on it because you're you're more of a, a tech oriented guy as well. So you might have some insight on this. But Nuka World's file size is three point six gigabytes, which is one gigabyte bigger than Far Harbor, and now. I know that file size isn't really necessarily indicative of game content. This doesn't mean that there's going to be a million and one quests. But since it's one gigabyte bigger, what exactly could this mean? Because sometimes it could pertain to new assets. could be voice, because there is a protagonist. Right. Is there more lines here? Is there, does that mean there's more questing? How do you perceive this? Because that's pretty. that's impressive, because they have not been pumping up this DLC at all. We don't even know an official release date yet, and it's the middle of August. You know... Nuka World, we know really nothing about. Right. And so to see on SteamDB, the database that lets you see a little couple of things in advance, seeing that it's a gigabyte bigger than, than what was the Fallout 4's, uh, or actually not even Fallout 4's, but that's the Game Studio's biggest DLC landmass. To see this is, it's a head scratcher. It's like, is this even bigger? Is that is that actually what they're going for? Or what could this exactly mean? Yeah, so no, you were right. Like uh, you have sound, music, a voice. Those don't those um, have a tendency to bloat pretty quickly. Then of course you have textures, and then and, and then after that you have some other stuff. But when it comes to file size compression, how it's done, that is actually a legitimately larger file. I mean, especially when okay. So I think people need to understand that when you're talking about expansions anyway, they're not huge. So if the other one is only two, two point eight. I think, yeah, around there, 2.6, okay. 2.8. And, and it's big. Then when you only add a gig, that's actually massive, like, in, in the percentage. That's a huge, you know, that, that's a huge increase uh, if you don't compare it to Fallout itself. So, honestly, I think it most likely it's probably a mix. I would assume looking at it, it, most, it does sound like it's bigger. But also, I don't think that Bethesda is missing the fact that this is the end of Fallout 4. That's the honest truth to me. And I, Nuka World is the only one. Far Harbor interested me, but nu- that, for some reason, like, I was, I don't know what it was about it. Westworld, maybe, is, uh, which is an old movie about, like, uh, an, uh, uh, like a uh, theme park where the robots took over. You know, there's some, there's some interactions <laughs> there. And we know that, um, you know, a lot of the guys programming that are older, so they probably saw that movie. You know, mm-hmm. so there's some cool okay. instances that really got me interested. But yeah, you're probably right. There's probably I would assume this is the last one, and my hope is that it's a last hurrah. And it's pretty insane, and that would include, you know, good thematic, um, you know, musical tracks that are long. And it doesn't take much to get you know a gig and a gig and a half of, of extra, mm-hmm. you know, file size and then textures. Yeah, I mean, how big was the landmass of Far Harbor? Like how big? I mean, Did they ever say what the percentage, like, was it 10% of the size of Fallout 4? Did they ever give numbers never, like that? I, they might have. You might right. have to look that up. I'm not sure. But I, I know they for sure said 
this is the the biggest landmass we've created for a DLC. And that they were saying that but then they said in an interview they were like the reason we priced it at $25 is how much Far Harbor was was because it was bigger than the Dawnguard DLC for mm. Skyrim, but it was smaller than Shivering Isles in the terms of mm-hmm. content, like questing and right. stuff, because Shivering Isles was enormous. Yeah, so, it's a game. I yeah, mean. so when you look at that, and then you see that Nuka World is priced at $20, but its file size is bigger. Yeah. But again, that goes against their philosophy of how they priced it. It's really a tough one to figure out, in a sense. It, it, what could it actually mean? There's so many we- variables. We can all do the beta, right? I believe I read on that same page you and I looked at that um, the, there's going to be a beta for all Xbox One, PS, uh, P- PS4, and PC users on the same page that um, I looked at the news. Hmm. So we'll be able to see per some whoever's in the beta program, of course. Oh, yeah. We'll be able to, we'll be able to see and, and report some of that. It's a Bethesda title, so there will be lots of leaks. That will happen. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, there, yeah. That's for sure, yeah. yeah we'll it, probably it, know everything by the time the game yeah, gets with. Yeah, because... Uh, I don't know why people don't respect the NDAs yet to sign for the, the beta. I know you don't really have to, but like you're just shooting yourself in the foot for the future. You know they're never yeah. going to give you a code in the future, and just because you want to expose the DLC, which I get. You know people want to be like that. You know knight in shining armor, and, and you know but in the background, like they, you know he's just that momentary hero. But it's like I don't of think course. it's worth it. No. Uh, I think ruining the surprise for a lot of people is is not the best idea, but. It'll be interesting to see. Like I said, we're halfway through August. We don't know when this game, when this DLC is releasing. There was a small database error on Steam where they showed the release date for a little bit, and it said August 30th. So mm. there's that, and usually the beta starts about a week or so beforehand. So if anything, we should be hearing things quite soon. Yeah. But, uh, you know, maybe if it's going to be something special, they should ramp up some of the uh, the marketing for it. Not to overhype it, but just so that people know about it. Because not a lot right. of people even know Fallout 4 is still going. Because a lot of people are like, always. anytime I talk to someone who's like a, a general gaming channel, you know, they'll always be like, oh, yeah, and, uh, wait, isn't Fallout 4's DLC done? It's like, no, they still have more to do. And they're like, oh, yeah. really? You know, and so I think that says something for, you know, someone who's always heavily involved in the industry not knowing that there's right. more DLC for uh, one of the biggest games really ever made in the sense of, of marketing, hype, all that stuff. But anyway, moving on to our final piece of Bethesda news. Pete Hines has said in another interview, he said, <laughs> yeah, he did a bunch. He was like, yeah, if I say anything stupid, just ignore me just because I did like 50 of these. But he said that Elder Scrolls Six won't be revealed until it's ready to release. Now, interesting bit here is that I wonder if that's, what they felt like with Fallout 4. Because who six, was it? Six months, right? Yeah. Fallout 4 was six months. Who was it who told me? I think it was... Yes, it was... Okay, when we had Jonah on. Do you remember how he said... It, it was Skyrim, though. That's what it was. He said how Skyrim was, like, really bad. Like, bad. Right, right up until know, a month prior, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah he said <laughs> they, they didn't know if they were going to get it done in time. That's what it was. Okay. I was thinking for a second it was Fallout 4. But still, it won't be revealed until it's ready to release. So it's getting the Fallout 4 treatment again. And they're already talking about it, which is, yeah. is just, oh, God. It's a recipe for disaster. They, they should have never said anything because now, <laughs> years out, they, they, so many years out. At least I think there's so many years out. It, I could be wrong, but it would be it would be one hell of a surprise. But it, I wonder if, they're gonna, if they take the similar route that Fallout did where they teased, like, 
for a initial reveal and then they showed more at E3. If they did that again, that would be cool. I like that. So are you thinking 2018 then? You're thinking skipping next year? You're thinking at least 2018 for the release? I don't... I See, they said that... They keep saying that they haven't like even started Elder Scrolls Six, and they said that you know they're not like a. They said Pedon's words were, he's like Bethesda's not a, a vending machine, I think, and and that you can't just press one button get Fallout, press another button get Elder Scrolls. These guys are creative and they want to work on other things, so that's why we don't question when they say they want to work on something different because they're they're proven that they're talented as hell. So my guess is that they're working on a new IP right now. They Todd Howard said they're working on three big crazy projects that are, are like nothing we've ever seen before so i think they are hell-bent on doing something new i think fallout 4 showed a sign that bethesda has good ideas but need to apply them to different series yeah because right. i i think like the settlement mode the weapon crafting you know the the kill everything type of quest i think those might have worked in a different franchise perhaps yeah voice protagonist like i said i think those would have worked in a different franchise and so when I see this news, I'm, I'm thinking that it's probably like 2019, 2020, and that I my guess was that they've been working on this new IP called Starfield for a while, and that I think that's getting revealed this coming E3. Mm-hmm. That's just my my out of left field guess because I feel like that'll release in 2018 because since it's a new IP, they need to market that a little bit more. It's not like a Fallout where people were talking about it. It's it's going to be Starfield. It's going to be new. There's going to be a bit of unfamiliarity. There's going to be a bit of curiosity, and they're going to have to reveal it reveal it, and, and properly market this thing over time. And so, yeah. That's I, did, I did hear a unique rumor, which I, I, I forgot about your Starfield mo- uh, conversation we had. Actually, we had that like two weeks ago. Um. I did hear a rumor that a big dev was working on a game uh, that was so. So game game devs usually, as they see other people release, they keep their eyes on things. Uh, Bethesda, I'm sure, is looking at No Man's Sky. I, I stated that to you prior to this podcast. You know, everybody's watching everybody, yeah. and we haven't seen a lot of copies of Mass Effect. The rumor I had heard was that there is a major company releasing a science fiction open world title that is that has some mass effect underpinnings, but is not like is not mass effect. It was pretty clear because I do know what some of about Andromeda, uh, both announced and not yet announced. So it's going to be interesting to see if Bethesda, I mean, whether they do their own IP or they go and get an IP, uh, it would be awesome to see. It would be awesome to see a Bethesda game in like, open planet you know yeah. like, like i mean i don't even know i don't even know much more to say other than that because i don't even know where they would go but uh that would be fantastic that would be really cool super futuristic i i think their artists are awesome and they have they have a, a close affinity sometimes to warhammer Forty Thousand, the dark yeah. the, the dark gritty stain yeah, yeah, yeah. so a, a future like that not saying warhammer Forty Thousand, but a future like that yeah that could be that could be fantastic. I mean, the, when like you said, we're, we're both patent guys. So for me, I was looking at some of them from Zenimax, yeah. and they submitted one for like this this Starfield game. You know, it was something about space naturally. And um, what, what was kind of the, one of the bigger giveaways was number one, you could tell just by looking at it, it was a video game. But number two was that there was a mobile tie-in for a separate patent, and there's only one company underneath the entire Zenimax tree that does mobile tie-in games, and that's Bethesda Game Studios because they opened up a new studio to work yeah. on shelter. Stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. and they said they're doing more. And so to see that and see those patents, just like fallout four, the patents start showing up about a year in advance. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's the same shit's happening again, and I'm like, I'm, I'm calling 2017. I, I, I'll be. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not saying that with like pure utmost confidence. Like it's happening, but I'm no, saying you're just that, saying. Like, that's yeah, your I'm guess. saying like that's my guess, and I will be just as surprised as anyone else if I'm right. Yeah, uh, I, 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 all I know is I would love to see that. I would love to see them do something like that. I mean, I love. I'm not as anti sequel as other people are for the most part. Mm-hmm. To me, a good game is a good game, whether there's a number before it, after it. And I'm not saying you're saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, if they did Fallout Five and it was good, great, it's good. But it is also exciting if they were like, we're doing Star Trek, or we're doing, you know, not that, yeah. but you know, we're doing, we're doing Babylon Five, we're doing something crazy, like it, it, whether it's an IP that is established in a unique fiction or their own. I think Bethesda probably is going to be their own fiction. I guess now that I think about it, I don't think they would go with an IP from somebody else. I but. think they learned a bit of a lesson with fallout where you know with fallout 3 there were a couple lore errors that you know you got the lore masters that, that look at that shit and, mm-hmm, and really right. mad about it and then fallout 4 did make a couple of really weird errors and then some pr mistakes afterwards that you know commenting on those errors and saying like basically essentially saying we're not really concerned about making yeah. things realistic in a universe where you have talking mutants and and, and shit blowing up everywhere um so you know they i think that was a a recipe for disaster and i think what they need to do is make their own a new franchise because you look at elder scrolls and that's so well loved and and so well respected because it's their own franchise you can tell there's an extended amount of care in comparison even though fallout 3 is one of my favorite games of all time you can tell there's an extended amount of care put into an elder scrolls game in comparison to a fallout game agreed but you can also tell with fallout 3 that bethesda's batteries are recharged they worked on something new and they made something really fantastic yeah which is why I think a Starfield, some people are like, screw that, I want Elder Scrolls 6. I totally get that, because I do too. I want a Fallout 5, I want Elder Scrolls 6. But also, I don't think anyone was, you said it, You know, no one was big on Fallout 3 when it was when it was first, or wait, was, was it Jonah, I think? No one was big on Fallout 3 when they first got the license, and then after, you know, they were getting death threats and stuff, that's what it yeah. was, because he said like they had to have a security guard at the office, and, and all of a sudden it's like one of the best games ever made for a lot of people. And so I think people need to treat this with an open mind and, and look at Starfield as yeah. something that can be really special because Bethesda's making it themselves. And I'm, I, I know after No Man's Sky, I think a lot of people are feeling a little bit burnt on sci-fi games. But I think with when they're properly done, you know, you have a Mass Effect Andromeda coming. Maybe this Starfield is something that Bethesda Game Studios is working on. And you have Star that, Wars, multiple Star Wars games. Star Wars as well, right? Um, I think when done right, they're the most fun games out there. Yeah. It's just got yeah, to do them right. And for me, I'm not a, a fan of, like, space sims, like, open exploration. We had a, a long discussion sure. about that. Um, so, yeah, it, it's I think if it's executed properly, it can be really good, especially for Bethesda mm-hmm. Game Studios. I'm always willing to support them and see what they're trying to do. And so them doing something new, I think people should be more excited than cynical because I've seen a bit of cynic, cynical behavior around that. I think there could be a little more positivity for that. Anyway... Uh, that'll wrap up the Bethesda News Roundup. Now it's time for what we're playing, our favorite news bit. And uh, this has been an interesting week, so I'd like you to go first. What are you playing? <laughs> I am, even though I rated it a wait for a sale, I am playing um, No Man's Sky still. I found a secret that I haven't seen on the internet anywhere. So I'm going to, well, it's a secret mixed with, yeah, I, I don't even want to say. So I'm going to post a video on that, which is actually pretty cool. Um you know, No Man's Sky is one of those games where uh, I, I stated in the review, I, I rated it. I would never tell you to go get it. I would never tell you that. I would never say go spend 60 bucks on it. But uh, just like Advent Rising or Alpha Protocol, I, may, I myself might enjoy it. And so there's some things I like about that game, flying around, stuff like that. 
uh, so I'm playing that, and then, you know, I was planning on playing Deus Ex, but I don't know if you saw my tweet. Um, they contacted me and were like, yeah, YouTubers, you're sort of shit. You're not getting games from us anymore. So um, we're... Square Enix uh, in general? Yeah, uh, the person we talked about um, a couple days ago, yes. uh, that, that, that she contacted me and uh, was like, yeah, well, we may give you a copy the day prior. So um, to, long story short, I've been talking about this for a while, that um, the major companies like IGN, uh, I, I know two people who used to work at IGN, and then I know somebody who worked at GameSpot, and both of them had told me privately that one of the huge worries on those guys' parts is YouTubers. It's a massive worry. Like, the companies are legitimately losing hair over it and trying to figure out, like, how do you take back how do you take back news from YouTubers? Because wow. you, there's a million YouTubers, and there's only one IGN, right? So that's why you start seeing really short reviews because they just want them out. Three minutes for, for a game is, is typical now for that's IGN. That's why you were pissed about the Technomancer review. Uh, it was I, was abs- I was pissed because even if you dislike a game, one thing I have a lot of respect for is a developer. A developer is... Uh, and they put maybe a lot of time to do it regardless. They, and some soul there. You know, they're artists uh, with, uh, with an insane amount of feedback on stuff that they don't necessarily ha- see at the end result. They might make a texture, you know, and then the end result gets hammered and this poor guy's sitting there going like, everybody hates me. So uh, long story short, uh, I'm not going to get Deus Ex. I may not even do a review on it. I- I'm talking to them right now to try to figure out, it, you know, how to move forward as a YouTuber. Uh, it's something you and I have talked about, like um, yeah. the changing, changing field when it comes to uh, companies closing down their doors and only allowing games out um, to, to specific groups. Uh, so I hope to play it. We'll see. Um, right now, I'm also thinking about going back and playing KOTOR because I usually play KOTOR a couple times a year. Mm-hmm. And there's a new texture pack for KOTOR 1, and I love I love messing with texture packs. Really? So, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the mods for KOTOR. I like it. I play it vanilla all the time. But um, some of the texture packs, there's people still doing fantastic jobs on them. With the first and, one? Uh, yeah, with the first one. Yeah, wow, absolutely. Because okay. yeah. I thought yeah. that only the second one had modding. All right, I got to look at that. Second one has a mod launcher. It works a little better, but the first one you can still use the override folder. You can still mess around, okay. and uh, you know, big fan of that. And I just finished Jade Empire again, mm. and uh, which which I you know I'm a fan of Bioware regardless of what yeah. they make. Like there's that something runs about on the their same games. engine as Kotor, right? It does, yeah. and uh, That's I had why some that issues game fighting. To me. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. It's it's Game World, which is Chinese steampunk, was so interesting, and really? Magic, of course. So uh, I played that you know multiple times. That's what I'm playing. What about you? Uh, for me, I've just been playing Divinity: Original Sin. Um, oh, that's what you said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's you know, it's either single player or co op. Um, I've been playing co op with a friend. I'm about thirty five hours in. Um, it, for those who don't know, Divinity: Original Sin, I, I said in twenty fourteen when I was initially playing it, I was like, this is one of the most underrated games ever. I mean, it got good Absolutely. scores, but like, it, it's it's a game that deserves so much attention. I'm gl- I'm so happy there's a sequel because it's it's just so fun. Uh, it's an old school RPG. But its combat system is so deep because it just works with different elements, literally, like fire, water. If you can create rain and then there will be a puddle on the ground, you can shock that with lightning, shock yeah. a group of people. You can get someone bleeding, their pool of blood will be underneath them, shock that. Um, you can freeze them, there will be ice on the bottom, someone can walk across it, slip. There's so many different variables going on in combat. and It's just it's so simplistic, but it's also just so natural because you, you understand it because it just... I, I don't know how else to word it other than it makes sense. It's like, rock, paper, scissors, yeah. uh, except this time you're combining things. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's and, great. And on top of that, fantastic writing. Amazing mm-hmm. writing. And then, and also there's you know just a, a million and one quests, decent main story. It's just a fantastic game. 
and I, I'm enjoying playing it through again, and I'm glad that I have someone with me because I've never done that before. First time I mm-hmm. played it through was just on my own. I, gotcha. I'll tell you the truth, it was kind of like a, you know, I like to call it a junk food game where I was just kind of chilling there, and like I had music on, and I really wasn't paying attention. I was just going through the motion sort of, gotcha. but this time I'm like really invested in it, and uh, there's a lot in this universe, and I, I love the side quests. There's so many. I mean, it, it's just a really fun game. So if you're an old-school RPG fan, Definitely up your alley. On top of that, have I been playing anything else? I tried the Division last night. I I, I got the season pass from Ubisoft. Um, that's one company, by the way. I should mention that um, I have a lot of respect for because Me they too. don't they don't close their doors on YouTubers at all. Nope. They nope. Don't. They're the and, best company out there by far. Yeah, they are. They really are because they they always one hundred percent support YouTubers and they're they they know the thing the, the thing that that is hard to understand when you look at uh, Jeremy and I's perspective is because not a lot of people are like youtubers that are able to access review copies but for us it's very important because it, it, it's informing the consumer before launch it's also for the sake of our channels you know people count on us for this stuff so when we can't deliver that's really difficult so when you know you have a company who you can count on like a ubisoft who will undoubtedly give you a week before launch this game yeah whatever game it is that it, it's so relieving to know that i don't have to worry about that so when you look at um, even Bethesda, I know a lot of people think like Bethesda and I are like 100% best buddies and I am close to them, but even I, and I'm not saying I'm like special, but even I can't guarantee as someone who only, who for the most part does Bethesda, I can't guarantee early copies for any of their stuff. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's some that says something. Cause you know, usually it's almost like a, I'm not saying they don't respect me, but I'm saying it's usually a respect thing. They'll just give it to you because they're like, Hey, you know, thanks for just talking us up so much here's here's the game early and you know like i said like we both you and i jeremy we got fallout 4 two days early and had to, had <laughs> yeah to, had that to beat sort in of the sucked weekend. yeah i had to beat that in a weekend so you know it, it's stuff like that where um we're not complaining about the position we're in it's more so just that the tides are turning where you, you used to be on the same level with these press and for some reason that it's changing back to yeah. where it's like some people give youtubers early copies a lot don't and if they do, it's it's a day beforehand where you, you simply cannot get your review done in time. Yeah, and it, it's just it's frustrating. So yeah, to to see that Ubisoft is still supporting things, still throwing events for YouTubers. They have a great YouTube yeah. program. I've heard rumors that Bethesda is starting one up. I really hope that's true. I really do because that would be fantastic. I think every company needs a YouTube program. It just it just makes sense. It really does. Even if you know just because it, it, it's. If I'm if I'm a company, I don't mean to go off on a tangent here, but if I'm a company, I can look at marketing where I'm paying thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars to get television ads, ads on websites, or I can give a guy who's passionate about my game a free sixty dollar game, yeah, and have him reach out to a hundred thousand people for yeah. sixty dollars. I don't see, and I'm not trying to like get pissed, but I'm just saying I don't see the logic in cutting that off. Even if you reach out, if you're giving a free sixty dollars game, even if your reach out is a thousand people, you've already you've already saved a lot of money and reached a lot more people than you yeah. would have if you put an ad on a website. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's just an odd situation right now. I, um, it's it's definitely driven. Uh, I have to back up and say that yeah, Ubisoft by far. Uh, ab- I mean. When I got into the industry, I, I did. I wanted to do reviews because the ones I wanted weren't being done. Sound, music, voice—like things I wanted to cover or wanted to see cover weren't done. And I contacted that company, and their head of PR emailed me, yeah, and was like, "Hey, man, uh, you do sound, music, and voice?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Well, you know what? We're going to Pat, or we're going to the uh, GDC or something. Stop by and say hi." So stop by and say hi, and they're 
they're they're not the PR that you would expect, and it might be because they're international. It might be because they 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 have such a a different idea. Uh, they're not the Americanized, um, very mechanical. You must request, for example, Microsoft. Um, I'm not I'm not you know telling any secrets, but at times there's a little bit of a mechanicalness when it comes to requesting things. Luckily, yeah. you and I have talked. We know some people there. It's a little easier, but it's still really mechanical. With Ubisoft, they've got a website that you can go to and you can say, you know, I want this game. And they're they're very open to talking to them on their. They have different emails, and and so it's nice to see. It's nice to see them reach out because we've had this discussion. We had it at PAX where um, I did ask him. He's left now, but I asked him like um, how they how he feels about YouTubers. And the the Ubisoft guy was like, they're awesome. He's all even if they dislike the game. Yeah, um, that's the thing. I've I've ripped into a couple of Ubisoft games, and they so have I given yeah. me. Early yeah. copy, and I think that's important to see. That's yeah. that's really important. I know we're not saying Ubisoft's a saving grace of the industry, no, nope. no. Nope. But you and I both have been just completely cut off from developers because we've torn into their games. And yeah. Ubisoft, I know, I know. There's two companies. I'm, I just absolutely am never getting a game from again. Mm-hmm. Like I know, I'm well, and one Sony, Sony blackballed me, and they are like, they will not respond to anything. Yeah. Just. And I don't. Too. Oh, I, yeah. So I'm gonna go try to talk to him at PAX um, mm. and hopefully get back, find out That's the which. Thing, yeah, I got a guy's business card and he ignored my email straight up. I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, dude, you met me too. Come on. <laughs> but this is good for people watching because a lot of people watching want to start like want to cover a game and and they're like, oh, it's just requesting a, a code. The first multiple re- reviews I did, I did, I still buy my games anyway, but they were um, all on my own dollar. Like mm-hmm. it took a while for me to get anybody, um, you know, to contact me. So if anybody's thinking of joining the industry, do so. But be aware, it takes forever. Like yeah. it's, dude, you're you're more than I am. Um, but my review, No Man's Sky, is like at 140,000 mm-hmm. views. Is probably one of my most popular, and I'm getting death threats. So it's also not fun. You know, at times you just, I, I sort of laugh at that, but at, at the same time, you know, right. there's some weirdness about it. We should do a video one of these days separate so we can move on, but mm-hmm. where we discuss it for people who want to jump in. Because I we know should. a lot of fans have really interesting stuff to say, and the only way I see it is in my fucking comments. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many times I've told somebody in my comments, dude, make a YouTube channel. Like, that's actually, that's super interesting. Go make yeah. a YouTube channel and upload that. Absolutely. So. Yeah, we, we should talk about it in the next couple of weeks. I agree, especially because things are turning. A lot of people don't know, not to drag on the conversation, but a lot of people don't know how to get into it. They don't know the inside and outs. They don't know just, like, what it's like in general. And I think yeah. a lot of people want that insight before entering. Like, oh, can you just send them an email and they'll send you a review copy? It's like, well, yeah, but then sometimes they might not respond. Sometimes you got to follow up. Sometimes they just don't like you. You and I talked about this. Yeah. You and I talked about this. It doesn't matter how big a channel is. Even Angry Joe said, at times he'll email somebody, nothing. Yeah, and Angry just- Joe guaranteed millions of reach out they don't care they don't yeah, they, yeah it's, odd. He it's will, odd yeah for some reason they will decline angry joe and i'm sitting there like this guy will sell you tons of copies of games if your game is good like why would you say no yeah yeah it's gonna be well it's gonna be interesting for games like fallout 5 or whatever bethesda's working on next because i think we're starting to see companies wise up to pr and do their six months only. Uh, Microsoft got away with it uh, when the 360 came out. They were st- they were there was that one year where it's known as like, you know, the Mass Effect year, where it's like there was four or five big games on the Xbox 360, and they were just Microsoft is known. Microsoft yeah. is like, guess what? Games coming out in three months, and you're all wait what? And I I actually like that because I think No Man's Sky is paying the penalty for bad PR up until not bad but misinformed PR. Yeah. 
you know, and I mean, I still dislike it for various reasons, but I think that a lot of people probably had a completely different idea when they went into it too, because of the PR, it became more rumor than it was info. Well, I think what a lot of people forget is despite how big it is, it's still an indie game. And I think that that, Mm -hmm. that expectation, that weight, uh, Sony built up a lot was you got, I think part of good marketing is setting proper expectations. Yeah. And they shouldn't have set them like this is the end-all, be-all game that you're going to play forever because there's so much to do and so much to explore type of game. I think they should have portrayed this game a little bit less just so that there wasn't so much hate surrounding it. I uploaded a video on it today, and it, just the comments are loaded with people saying how much they don't like the game because it wasn't what they expected. And I, I know part of it's the consumer has to inform himself, but also part of that's on what information they are consuming – so if they're just getting that, you know, this is just the biggest game ever. There's going to be so much to do. This multiplayer, this, 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 and that. You know, it's recipe for disaster. Well, we talked about. You'll make your money, but it'll just blow up on you. We we talked about Nuka World, where we don't even know what day it's coming out. But I like I like how Bethesda's handling their DLC. But I also feel that I wish Bethesda, like you said, would tell more people that their game has still got DLC. Because as a Fallout fan, I got intense hate for liking it for mm. fallout 4 i mean yep. man that was actually might have been the first death threat i ever got was because of fallout Sorry. 4 oh really okay yeah, <laughs> yeah so so i love fallout 4 um it's got its issues like it, it definitely does but i really enjoyed the gameplay and fun factor to me can beat out some of the other stuff but like you said if the info if the information is wrong or not there people will either fill in the gaps or move on mm. with no man's sky they filled in the gaps and and we got this fucking monster of PR where it's even I was like what that's not even what they said what are you talking about Mm -hmm. where with Bethesda the gap is there and you don't hear a lot of people talking about it and I find that sad I assume what they're going to do is release a master edition or whatever and it's just all the DLC I mean I don't even know if they've announced that but I'm assuming that's what that'll be like yeah yeah now would you I got a question for you would you would you purchase like a remastered Fallout 4 like if in a year they were all you know, we're we're like redoing stuff because there's yeah, some issues if, technically yeah, with that game. If they remaster it, like we built a new engine, like with Skyrim, yeah, where they've they've added stuff. I mean, if it wasn't, if it was more than because I think Fallout 4's issues are less technical. Because for me, I've only experienced like two or three bugs. None of them broke my game whatsoever. I know, I know for a fact, a lot of Fallout fans have made it very vocal and apparent that their games were buggy. And I know Bethesda yeah. gets called Bugfest for a reason. I'm not denying that. <laughs> yeah, but. I'm just saying that if they said, you know, I think the issues go a lot further than technical. So even if it was on the same engine, but they were like, we added more choices in the dialogue system. We reworked a lot of the in-game mechanics. We made a a quest mode for settlements that makes it more important to build. Uh, If they reworked the game, which I don't think they'll ever do, but if they were to do that, yeah, I'd be interested. But if it was just a technical thing or if it was just a packaging, like almost like the Skyrim Mm. Legendary Edition, whatever, that's for people who who missed out and and they want to pick it up. Gotcha more power to them but yeah. for me um even i am a, a little bit kind of mentally done with fallout 4 you know my my mind's on other games because that's where my future lies um not to say that i'm any less of a fallout fan but it's just more so i'm looking forward to nuka world but my head's also like okay this fall is going to be fucking huge how can i get ready for that because mafia 3 is how you can get ready brother yeah oh yeah i sent them I an mean... email so did I. I, I've got. I'm on their system, and they they're like, yeah. They've even contacted me back. I I, I don't really assume 2K is going to give out YouTuber copies, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, but when it comes down to it, regardless, I'm going to be covering that because I think I think you have a lot of big games coming out, but Mafia Three feels 
like a mini GTA five to me. Mm-hmm. And I like that idea and, and their systems, you know, the tech demos haven't been so good. I like its the, themes a lot. I, I, I like its themes as well. And I think that'll beat out Xbox one and PS4, probably having some performance issues that I've already been, there's been some rumors that there's going to be some sub optimal frame rates on those systems, which I would assume, I but, uh, so, yeah. The stuff you see, like the you know the bosses, the the fake nemesis system from Mordor, sort of sort of getting in there. Which I, I'm not a huge fan of that there, but I, I actually like the idea in in GTA or in, uh, <laughs> in Mafia Three. Oh boy! <laughs> Did you hear in Mafia Three? Like it, it is a little bit like the nemesis system, but you can go and like fight those bosses, and really? then yeah, and then if you don't beat them, you come back. They remember that you fought them, so it's it's a little bit of a I like that more nemesis because- system. Shadow Mordor was a fantastic game. I, I got a platinum trophy on it. Like I did everything in the game for a reason. I really liked it, so I'm not slamming it. But I, I think that idea makes more sense in uh, in a mafia game. So do I. A boss right. would remember you, where you would actually keep going around and, and fighting against these people. Um, that would make more sense. That would be more believable. And I mm-hmm. think that's an important aspect of a game. I think I've been saying that a lot recently. Um, so yeah, I, I like that idea. I didn't know about that though, so that's really interesting. Yep. I've been trying to keep the uh, the shaders on for the most part. I have seen as much of the new gameplay as I can, but when it comes to trailers, I, I make sure I don't pay attention too much because it seems very commonplace, and I've learned this very late that trailers just give away too much of the story. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I just don't, I don't like that. So for me, I, I just okay. Yeah, I don't know how developed it is, so I don't want to ruin anything for you because it may not be very developed at all. But there was there was a there was a tidbit about something like that system, which is like an awareness system, which is in any game I think needs to be added, you know, in fallout four, you know, you, you try to kill a guy, he kills you, you come back, try to kill the guy, you know, they don't say anything. They don't react. So Mm -hmm. any adjustment to that is great. Cause I think that's an immersion breaker. It is when you're like, hi, I'm back for the 55th time. Yeah, and uh, like, oh, Hey, it's the Raider again. Yeah. 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 And they're not ready for you. Just like last time they're like, he's running away. We're safe. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Let's go cook some dinner. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> you you guys would be patrolling, you know? So uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. What other games? Um, well, I don't want to break from what your pattern of of what you got going no, on. No, you're fine, dude. That's, that's what other what game? That's what this bit's for, though. It's general games discussion. So have what it. other game do we have big other than? Um, so you got Mafia, uh, of course. And you have Nuka World. You have uh, Gears Four. Gear. That's. I got to count Microsoft in on everything because they are very good to me. They're they're up there with Ubisoft. For oh, me, me so too, me too. But I you. just do you did you see anything that interested you in Gears Four yet? No, but I'm ready. <laughs> that's that's the thing. I'm, we'll I'm have ready. to do some online if we both <laughs> yeah, get it early. Absolutely. That would yeah. be fun. Um, what about uh, Dead Rising's remakes? Uh, also Microsoft Dead Rising One. I forgot about Dead Rising Four. Jesus. Dead Christmas. Rising Four. That's why I brought it up because. Oh this my. year is Dead Rising Christmas. If you if you look at the release, it's like uh, it's like three for the PS4. If I'm rem- I could be wrong on this. I think it's PS. Uh, I think PS4 is getting Dead Rising three, and then it's like remasters for all of them on for the one and two or something. Yeah, yeah. or something. Like yeah, that. and they're like twenty bucks each or something. Yeah. Okay, I forgot all about that. It's Dead Rising Christmas, baby. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's that. Um, even though Square seems to be counting YouTubers out still. Final Fantasy 15 is a game I gotta play. That's the thing I gotta play. It. That's that's just for myself. Um, I was thinking Deus Ex for a review, but you know who knows who the fuck knows about that. Um, what else is there? I'm trying to think. October is just loaded. Pokemon, Pokemon Sun and Moon. I don't know if that's up your alley or not, but yeah, it, it's up my alley a little bit. Um, it, it just depends on like it. It just depends. It depends. I have to be in a certain mood for those games. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I feel you on that. 
and with Pokemon Go's popularity, a lot of people might be drained to Pokemon. They might be. There, a lot of people have been saying like, "Oh, it's gonna help sell Pokemon Sun and Moon." But I'm thinking like, I got my Pokemon fill over the summer. Yeah, I'm right. Still playing Pokemon Go, so it's like, you know, what should I really still be playing, or should I want to play this new Pokemon game? Like, I'm not incredibly excited, but still, it's a game that's on my radar. Uh, what else is there? Batman. Of, Batman. Arkham VR, right? Uh, no, I'm talking. I know people are going to be mad. I like the Telltale games. The oh yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. episodes. Right. I wow. had a fantastic time yeah. with that duality. The two type. The you know I the Bruce Wayne, Batman. I it had technical issues, yes, but man, I really enjoyed that. And I'm not a Batman fan. I mean, I've got some art. That's it. Like, yeah, same. I'm not, oh, not a love, Batman fan. Really enjoyed that game. Yeah. So that that too, I forgot about that. I thought you were talking about Arkham VR. That one looks interesting. Uh, the Last Guardian. For PlayStation mm-hmm. Four, that's finally coming out as well. The last game, what yeah. be dude! <laughs> wow, wow! I have friends who bought a PS3 because of that game. Wow! That's yeah, that's how long ago. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy how long that thing's been. That's in, how in I've, I've been with Final Fantasy 15 though, because I've been watching things since, <laughs> it, was, since it was Versus 13, right. and I was like, "Oh, dude, an action combat system in Final Fantasy! Like, I want this so bad!" And then, like, it just died in 2006. And I'm thinking, like. Whatever happened to that game, I look up the old gameplay. Oh, yeah, I wonder if it's still live. There's no, like, news of a cancellation. Then, like, seven years later, it gets re-revealed at, at E3. They're like, yeah, it's, it's Final Fantasy XV now. I'm like, fuck yeah. But that fucking, that, that shit's crazy. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Something else in December. Um, well, Microsoft oh, has Park. Forza. Uh, yeah, they have, um, they have a Forza, and then there's South Park. What's it called? The Fractured Butthole. Yes. Steep I can't wait to play Ubisoft. that game. Um, Steep, yeah. Watch Dogs too. Fuck. <laughs> I like Watch Dogs too. I don't no, know. I'm if saying fuck. No, I, I like Watch Dogs. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I didn't think it was the greatest game ever, but um, I really enjoyed it. And I, I'm not necessarily a fan of you know Mr. Sock and, and Eight Ball, but I'll, I'll play it. I like that world. So yeah, but I mean that's there's just I, I guarantee what's sad is we just listed so many games and I think we missed a few. Well, if you look here, let me uh, let me bring up my browser on a separate page because I have a I have a page set up for game releases, and I was just looking at them a couple of days ago, and I was blown away by uh, especially I think it was I think it was it wasn't even August or September. It was like it might have been October where I was like, wait, what? It, like, every damn game's coming out then. I mean, it's just it, it's a crazy release yeah. in these next uh, in these next couple months. In fact. I think the problem is, is aside from Mafia Three, which is considered by many as the little brother of GTA's, you hear that a lot. Like it's yeah. it's very popular, but it's got a weird feel to it. Deus Ex isn't getting the, uh, I guess I thought Deus Ex would get more PR than it has. Um, so I haven't like heard a lot of my friends talking about that. But um, Bioshock, the collection, Dead Rising, Dead Rising Two, Dead Rising Two off the record, um, Recore. I really want to play Recore yeah. because I want to see like if that's anywhere near what. We saw like because the original trailer versus what I saw the gameplay. The gameplay did not grab me this this last trailer. Uh, you have Forza Horizon Three, which now that I've got my steering wheel, I have to say I've completely turned back into a racing fan because I had I had left that uh, Warhammer End Times Vermintide for the Xbox One and PS4, okay. which is fantastic. Yeah, and then game. right after that, of course, is Mafia Three, um, Dragon Quest Builders for the Vita, PS4 ah. and Vita. Yeah, and then Rise of the Tomb Raider for the PS4, and I actually have a lot of friends who are huge uh, PS4 fans who don't who wanted to play Tomb Raider, don't have PCs, and then of course uh, the big thing, which is PlayStation VR, the hardware, because that to me, um, as a Vive owner, I do a lot of reviews for VR. 
it, it neither system is going to be like Sony has a better chance just because they have owners out there um, and the price is a little bit better. But I, as long as people just like No Man's Sky understand what you're going to get, the ability to deliver that VR experience on a console is going to be pretty cool. Unfortunately, I think with the Neo and with the Scorpio, we are going to see one of the weirdest generations you and I have probably ever lived through because we're going to get this generation where you're going to see skipping of hardware and games. And, you know, there's promises from Microsoft. You can do this with the Scorpio. There's promises from Sony. I've lived long enough to see Sony absolutely lie. I've lived long enough to see Nintendo absolutely lie. Turbo Graphics, I was alive back then, saw them lie. Uh, NEC at the time. Dr- uh, Sega. So I don't believe anybody when they say, like, when these new systems come out, and they're like, we're going to continue to, fuck, it, it's, if you were going to continue to fully support that, most likely that would, still, you wouldn't have the new system. I still get a kick out of the whole, um, because I, I, don't get me wrong, because I was totally on board with everyone at the time when Microsoft announced like an only online system, the, the DRM mm-hmm. thing, all that shit. Like I was like, no way, get rid of that. You know, old digital only, fuck that. Um, but I got to say that it's interesting looking back on that and seeing how right they were, because I think people were complaining about, I don't know if it was like getting games early and having them being streamed uh, ahead of time. I think it was with No Man's Sky, and they were saying, "Well, Microsoft, this is why they wanted to do online only, so that this wouldn't happen, so that games were con- were locked off until they were actually allowed to be played." Because now you can play on or offline, so you could play these games before launch, which isn't a bad thing. But you could play these games before launch, and so people who are getting leaked street copies just from like a, a normal retailer. We're, we're leaking games and people were complaining. It's like, well, this is why Microsoft wanted to do this, to stop this issue. But everyone was like, fuck no. So I, I always find it interesting looking back on that because they did have some good ideas with that. And it makes you feel a little foolish when you look back on it. I don't know if you were on that same boat where you were like, no, screw that, Microsoft. Or No, do you know what? I wanted it and here's why. Hmm. Let it fail and still pick up the pieces and see what success has come out of it because some would have come out of it. So um, I don't have a vest. I don't care about Sony and Microsoft. I've, I mean, I, I, I like them. I like some of the people I know there, right? But they're companies. I don't, I don't get into that discussion. I don't even think oh, yeah. about it that way. Not so either. when Microsoft said that, I was like, okay, great. This is what Microsoft wants to do. Let's see what doesn't work and what works. And then every company will learn from that, right? Like that's, that's the way companies work. And I am sadder for the fact that we have snuck in many of those options, even though they weren't originally there. Sony and Microsoft have loved to add little online-only weirdness in in our games where you're like, isn't this almost what Microsoft was talking about? Like, we're getting a lot of these odd requirements in some games. Star Wars Battlefront was was one of the ones that just absolutely was belligerently not needing to be online-only. Like, Mm -hmm. there there was... You just didn't need those things. And so... Um, I was I was for it, but not because I'm for Microsoft. I was for it because, hey, let it succeed or fail and see what happens. And additionally, outside of the gaming sphere, because I work with the community, I meet a lot of kids, like just kids and, and young teens. They weren't anything like the YouTube community or like NeoGAF, who I love. I'm on NeoGAF. They, they didn't give a shit. Like they were like, okay, great. Because they're already online. They're already like got their mobile phone and half their games won't work if they lose a connect. Like... A lot of these people had no care towards that move, um, where the you know the online community did, and mm-hmm. you can say that's because we knew more. You could say that's because we were we were more aware um, and uh, of the pitfalls of that. But it 
I wanted it. Yeah, let it let it fail, right? And if it worked, let it work. Maybe it'd work with a smaller demographic, and maybe Microsoft would have a different style of, of ecosystem moving forward. But now, do you know what we have? We have this odd hodgepodge of half online only, half not online games. Like, I don't like that. I don't like that No Man's Sky, I, right now, like, we're, somebody's here playing it on the PS4, still can't connect to the servers. Like, there's things that, it, or the multiplayer not working. Um, that games requiring multiplayer only, season passes, like, all that kind of stuff, it, it seems like it snuck in anyway. Like, we mm-hmm. said, like, everybody freaked out. Microsoft said, whoa, shit, okay. And then behind our backs, some of the games have required those. I don't know. That's just me. I just don't like the sneakiness. I don't yeah, like it. I like, agree. I'm, it bothers me. Yeah, I like transparency. I meant to mention this, but my favorite gaming news bit, because I think this will trans- uh, translate into an interesting discussion, is that uh, Nordic Games, Nordic Games, <laughs> not sure if I'm, if I'm pronouncing <laughs> that correctly, that. but they rebranded to THQ, essentially, and they said that they're going to be reviving a lot of old THQ franchises. Like 26 or something? Or 16? Yeah, it's a huge so number. that means, like, destroy all humans. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they were a part of a lot of really good tie-in games when yep. I was a kid, so there's that. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. I-, I thought that was exciting, though, because, you know, THQ was a childhood name for me, and yeah. to see it, like, go down to twos and now come back is, is really cool. Uh, especially well, because I think Nordic Games... I'm going to just call them Nordic. I apologize to any listeners out there if I'm pronouncing your names incorrectly, but they started off with two people and have built into, like, 81. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've been publishing a lot of good games, and they've been showing that they they when they bought THQ that they could like really transform into something, and they have. So I, I'm curious to see how this this goes. Well, uh, so it was THQ. I think it's Deep Silver now, but um, Saints Row, those series. Did you ever play those games? Yes. So so um, THQ reminds me, and I don't even know if they have a connection, but they remind me of those kind of games. They remind me of the. Not mimic, not where they're mimicking a AAA title, but there's something about their games that are like really good, but they're they're maybe not always trip like AAA. Like, like I liked their stuff. I you know destroy all humans. Like did it did it break the bank? No, but it was one of those games that maybe you walked you bumped into one of your friends. You're like, what are you playing? And you find out you're both playing this game, and then you find out like a ton of people are. And I like that. Also, those IPs were going to go nowhere. So the fact that they went in, jumped in and grabbed some of those is cool. Yeah, so what's interesting be is that, uh, not even a rumor, but like the creator of No Man's, or well, No Man's Sky, geez, uh, Destroy All Humans, came out and said, like, yeah, we want to make another one, without yeah. a doubt. And then you see THQ get revived, and they say they're working on their old brands again. And it's like, okay, so they're making a new Destroy All Humans, without a doubt. Uh, so that's that's exciting to hear, though. But I, I thought it was cool to see. I like seeing these things from my childhood get resurrected. Mm-hmm. So that was exciting for me. Um, what about? Uh, well, like speaking of publishers, another one that surprises me is like Deep Silver. Like some of these publishers are creeping up, and you, you would never have heard of them three years ago. And it's like THQ's yeah, back. I've, Deep Silver is a big publisher. Like yeah, what? I, I first heard of Deep Silver with uh, Dead Island. Dead Island, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's what it was. They they first came out around then for me. And ever since then, I've recognized them. They have they have great PR as well. They support YouTubers yeah. as well. So that, that's another one we can add to that list, that short list so far. We anyway. have Dishonored 2, November 11th. We forgot to mention Dishonored. Uh, We're talking about upcoming games. God almighty. Anyway, that's a lot of games. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a busy fall for us. It's going to be really busy. But nonetheless... Let's move on to the fan questions. We got some great ones this week. Thank you guys for uh, really, I mean, you guys killed it this week. So let's get right into it. We got four questions. Let's start off with the one from at the Ashers, 
who says, what do you think of the current state of the gaming industry as a whole? And I'm glad we've kind of had this discussion slightly in advance on how it's, it's slowly transforming and we can truly answer that now. The current state of the gaming industry. I think it's a little weird how there's been this trending of this obsession to build things in games. Uh, you look at uh, Terraria, you know, you, like Minecraft was so many years ago. I'm not saying it's not popular now, but I'm saying it was so many years ago. Like, that, that fad of building stuff in games is kind of done. Not fad. That, that addiction of building stuff is almost kind of done in a sense where Fallout 4 having a settlement mode. Uh, no Man's Sky adding a base building mode. You know, this, this build stuff in games. Yep. I think that's the weirdest fucking trend. Not because I'm not interested. I enjoy that stuff. I just think it's weird that every game's like, yeah, we got this, this, and that. Oh, you can build things, too, by the way. You can, you can build your own thing. And I'm not saying that, like, more isn't better, but I just feel like why is this a thing so often why can't games just focus on the the story the gameplay trying something innovative instead of just copying what's been successful in the past like there's a reason that it was so successful for people is because it was new at the time so try thinking of your own new thing right yeah yeah i don't know i I mean it when it comes down to it um the the building that's in a lot of these games Per, I'm, this is just me. I, I think it's another one of the crutches companies use, uh, like generated content. Mm-hmm. And uh, we saw it with, you know, we, and we can talk about this later or not Doom at all. But map. forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Like we saw, um, we saw it with No Man's Sky trying to do an entire game, Fallout Four with uh, Radiant Quests, Skyrim with Radiant Quests. People try to try to get it in there. The build mode is a little bit like that. It's it's in a weird way. It's like adding grind, but tangible. So see. Here's what's weird. In, in old games, the only grind you would see a reflection of was your armor. Like, your armor, your guns, right? Yeah. If it was first person, first person game, you might see your weapon, or you could zoom or you could spin around, like in Skyrim. And then, and of course, Skyrim had building as well with Hearthholm or whatever it was oh, called. Oh, yeah, yeah. Her- uh, Hearthfire. There you go. Hearthfire. Hearthholm. It was completely wrong. And uh, <laughs> so, so what happens is these companies have stated, or have basically replaced or not replaced any grind, they've just added visual building grind to make you feel like you're part of the world, which I think is cool, but the, it's the fact that everything is so grindy now. Like, every single aspect of games is grindy. And that, to me, is is one problem. Additionally, I do think that they, they like the fact that, you know, Matt can build his home, Jeremy can build his home, they can look different. That's great, but I think they get caught up in it. Like, they get excited about it, and suddenly the entire game... Honestly, Fallout 4, at times, I've been like, really? Everything's about the settlement mode now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's like, it's if- like, I think it's this obsession with endless replayability. Like, I've mm-hmm. always said, the one of the things that's important about a game is that it ends. Mm-hmm. You have to beat a game. It has to feel like you beat it. This endlessness in video games, I, I think it really... I, I could be entirely wrong. There could be a different trend going on, but I think it needs to stop. I think games need an end game, like a, a literal an ending. I like the the new game plus where you can replay with all your shit and, and, and just kick ass the second time through. That's a rewarding feeling because it's like I worked for this, now I'm getting the payoff. That's yeah. fun, like a Dark Souls, for example. But this, like, you got a million and one quest givers who do radiant quests in Fallout 4, then you got the settlement mode, like this endless thing. Like, there's no... I think the biggest part that people don't realize because it happens so much in the subconscious is this 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 payoff this this gameplay loop that'll keep sending you around places and a, there's a payoff and and when there's no payoff and it just keeps on going it's like why am I it, it's almost like you're you're working at a place and you're not receiving a, a paycheck you know you mm-hmm. just you just keep going you keep going you keep going and you're not getting anything from it 
And I think some people will blame that. It's like, oh, you can't create your own fun. I think it's just the fact that part of the game is them giving you the fun, giving you the tools to have fun, but also rewarding you when you have that fun. You know, just really piling it on. Because I think that's the best feeling is when you... You know, a good example is I've been playing, like I said, Divinity Original Sin. The quests in that game are really long, and sometimes you'll get a quest in one area, and ten hours later in a right. new area, you will find the ending to that quest, and it'll be like, yes, I remember this, this felt amazing, and it ends, and it's like a check mark, and it's like a mental weight. Witcher 3. Yeah, Witcher 3 as well. Witcher you know, 3. I think, I I don't know, a lot, I, I, do, I took a poll on Twitter about it one time, and a lot of people said, like, they're like, no, I don't like it when my game ends and stuff, they're, like, the more content, the better. But is that content good if it's just crappy, radiant-generated, go here, kill this, go here, get that? Literally that simple. Like, is that worth it? To me, I'd I'd rather them take that effort, instead of programming something like that, just add more worthwhile quests. Because I'd like to fondly remember those quests, and when I look back on Fallout 4, there really isn't a quest I can think of off the top of my head where I was like, you know, that was really good. You know, obviously the main story I thought was pretty good, but you know, when it comes to side quests, it's not like a Fallout Three or New Vegas, for example, where I was just like, I'd look back on it and be like, "Oh man, I remember blowing up Megaton," or you know, I, I remember stumbling upon Oasis, which was a complete contradiction right. to the remainder of the game. Yeah. I remember finding Nipton and just being like, "What the hell is this?" You know, it, it's stuff like that. I think is really important in a game, and I, I think that that that's where the focus needs to be. That's what makes games great. Not this endless replayability, because so many games have that now, and, and, and not in the good way. I uh, talked to Michael, um, I can't pronounce his last name, and I apologize to him, I'm sure he's not watching, but he's the uh, the um, CEO of the company making Everspace, which is a Star Citizen slash No Man's Sky exclusive game for the Xbox One and the PC. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a space shooter, you know, you're in a spaceship flying around doing missions, and we talked about open-ended versus, like, structured versus open-ended with some structure and it was funny because he was saying that a lot of developers what happens is they all see the success of minecraft and everybody is looking for financial safety like it it really is that way and so what happens is a bigger company like or, or, or a company with the ability to add in a minecraft component will do so because they are hoping that they get one percent turnaround from microsoft or from minecraft Sorry, and I said Microsoft twice. Um, <laughs> Minecraft. Uh, it, it's, it's absolutely known. The Minecraft mentality has completely taken over everything. Now, I don't think every game needs to end, and I also don't think every game needs to have open world. What I think is developers I need too. to look yeah. and go, well, for example, in settlement mode, in any mode, if I'm building something, I should not grind for a fucking piece of wood. Mm-hmm. If I have to grind for a piece of wood, that is a ridiculously stupid system. Like, unless it's a Minecraft, I'm talking about in a, in a questing game, like a Bethesda-style game. Yeah. I, I want to I grind for things that, you know, look amazing or look cool. Um, and what happens is they haven't made that step yet. A lot of these companies haven't made the step to realize, oh, we don't need them to grind for dirt. We don't need them to grind for some stone to make something. We can, we can have it be really interesting by having them grind for something really cool and have a, like, because there's not that payoff. No Man's Sky... There's a lot of people right now. I just looked at my thread because I wanted to see what the count was. There is a ton of people right now going like, yeah, I played, unfortunately, for four hours, and it completely died on me. Yeah. Like, And I'm not lying. When I say a lot, I'm talking about like there might be 40 or 50 comments in the last hour where wow. people are like, I just played for four hours, and the loop is over. Like, I, I'm, wow. I, and because you're not, it's not tangible, man. It's not tangible. It's not impactful to the gamer. And so, um, 
it depends on the framework you're in. You know, you talked about framework in, mm-hmm. in, in another video. It depends on the framework, too. But yeah. uh, it's sad. You're right. I mean, we're seeing it in every game, dude. I don't think you and I are going to be very happy with, like, Mafia. I don't think you and I are going to be very happy with a lot of these games coming up. Deus Ex, by the way. Mm-hmm. Because I think we're going to see those in those games in some way. I bet you, you and I will be talking on Twitter the moment Deus Ex comes out. And I bet you there is something in there that is it feels grindy i and i have nothing against the game because i want to enjoy it but mm-hmm. it's the thing now it's the thing yeah yeah that's why that's why i look forward to games like a doom like mm-hmm. a dishonor yeah. 2 that are do it that does that just well here's a world space you know just this level let's put a lot of focus into it fill it with secrets fill it with stuff to do meaningful quests because it's a a, a I don't, I don't like the word linear because I feel like that feels too much like you're on the rails. But, like, they give you the freedom to do things, but they also keep you on a path. Mm-hmm. Not that I want every game to do that, but that's why I like games like that because, it, like you just said earlier, it's like every game's open world. Every game has this endless type of functionality that, that makes it feel like, you know, it's the game can never end. And I'm not, I, I guess I worded it poorly. That I don't feel like every game needs to end. You know, you can walk from a game unbeaten and still feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people did that with Fallout 4. But I think when there's too many components, like a Fallout 4, sure. where there's, there's these, each faction has a set of its own radiant quests, then you have the <laughs> settlement mode. You know, it, it's a little like, okay, there's so many loose ends here that I cannot right. tie up. And that's what bothers me most as a gamer. That yeah. So the current state of the gaming industry as a whole, to, to loop back to that question, is that it's trending in an inter- interesting direction because you're seeing a lot of expression of companies' personal beliefs in the sense where some are, are you can tell are, like you said, you know that they want that turnaround from the Minecraft community. So they might just go with a mode that's endless to yeah. make it a, appealing PR spiel. Like we have this mode here, and it's endless. So people are like, oh, I want more bang for my buck, so I'm going to right. get that endless mode. And then you have companies who are like, we just want to make a really good game. So here's what it is. Here's a campaign multiplayer mode. Enjoy. And, and there's, I'm not saying that, you know, the building modes are bad. Like, for example, Snap Map, I think, was creative because you could create single-player sure. levels. Mm-hmm. You could create multiplayer levels. And I think that's, that's uh, expanded upon what made that game so good. But I, I think, for example, Fallout 4, Fallout is good because of its questing, but Fallout 4 wasn't good because of its quests, in my opinion. Because it didn't have that many good quests. It just had mm-hmm. questing. And so I think having a bunch of radiant quests that weren't interesting just damaged the game. And so that kind of wraps up that spiel. So, yeah, current gaming industry, current state of the gaming industry as a whole. That's what I think. Yeah, uh, I would say also I think that we're starting to see um, companies. I, I think that we're starting to see a lot of the bigger companies making mistakes on their pricing of their games. Yeah. Sure. And uh, and luckily we got Microsoft who seems to have smartened up. They've got the Dead Rising remakes at a, at a cheaper price. But I think that a lot of gamers, a lot of gamers, you you have to understand pricing. And as a company, if a car is releasing into a, a a controlled environment with many other types of cars, that company will try to figure out either one to offer something that is not offered and charge more, or to offer good quality and charge a, a good price. And what's happening now is we have a lot of unsubstantiated games, games maybe that aren't a sequel or games that are a sequel, but maybe, you know, we're like, eh, was, is that sequel even needed? And they're still charging 60 bucks. And you're, you're looking at it going, God, guys, if I know there's a lot of games, how do you know, or how do you not know there's a lot of games? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, I, do you know what I wish? We talked about this about two years ago on my podcast where I was like, man, it felt like for a little while we were going to a $40 price there were a couple games that that people were surprised were were at the 
$40 framework. Actually, in Clank this year. That was, yeah. That was a AAA come, game through and through. And, absolutely. So, boom, 40 bucks. Uh, that was great value for its price. Yeah. Played it, played yeah. it through three times. Great game. Yeah, I just feel that, I feel that to me, that's what I'm noticing, is that companies don't, they're not looking around and going, oh shit, we're releasing into a clouded market. Or games that we've talked about where they released right when another game did. And they're, they're, they don't get picked up because the other game is so massive. Yeah, you know? Tomb Raider and Fallout 4, same day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Death, just death right that there. Was, that was the dumbest release decision I think I've ever seen. Yeah. I, it almost felt egotistical in yeah. a way. It almost felt like somebody was like, we're going to show them. Show them what? That you can lose better? Like, yeah. who does that? Yeah, and it, we're not saying this because we don't like Tomb Raider. We love Tomb nope. Raider. Yeah. We're, mm-hmm. we're saying this because we want the game to succeed. You know, that, that, that game is very good. Uh, but anyway, next question comes from at I am Adam Sherman. Interesting question here. He says, what's the most embarrassing moment to happen to you while playing a game? He used as an example that he left his mic on his Xbox while playing a multiplayer game. <laughs> What, so what's the most what? The em- most inter- embarrassing moment to happen to you while playing a game. Oh, man, I can't talk about one, a couple of them. Uh, yeah, man, same. I don't know. You go. You go uh, well, then, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, that's a great question, but it's also a hard one to answer. Is that the one you were... You know, when Prior to the podcast, you were like, oh, this is a good question. Is that, is that um, the one? No, it's actually... Oh. It's the next question that I, okay. I thought was like, wow, that's a really good one. So um, the most embarrassing... Oh, man. Well, hmm. I have a gross one, but I'm not going to share that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of like the most embarrassing. Oh man. Well, I you know what? I am embarrassed by this. I'm embarrassed by this because I should know better. But people are probably going to think it's a little bit of a repeat. But I did not know that Skyrim had Radiant Quests for a while, <laughs> and I was playing them, going, "This is awesome!" Like it feels a little samey, but I was like, "This is great." There's, I'm, I it's saying, that was everywhere. the first time I, I had Radiant Quests. So I was like, "This is amazing." I knew that they were existed, but I thought I would know better. I thought there would be no talking, but instead they were very intelligent in their like, in their in their like generic talk. It's like somebody dropped a bounty for you, and I'm like, "Fucking hey, a bounty! What? Who's <laughs> dropping me bounties?" And I'm like, I'm strutting around, going, "Man, dude, people dropping bounties for me. They know I'm a badass." And I was like level two, right? It's like no one would have known I was a badass. I got my little mini sword out there, and I'm like yeah. barely killing goblins. I spent two friggin' days on that game, and then all of a sudden I went online, and somebody's like. So what do you think about the rating quest with the bounties? And I was like, wait, what? And I started looking closer. And I'm like, oh my god! So that's probably for me is a little embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I should have known, but also a testament to if you don't follow games, sometimes things can be cool. Yes, yeah, that is very true. See, I liked not to loop back to that conversation. I like Skyrim's rating quest because, like I said, like they ended like the thieves killed ones. You know, you I always use that as an example. Wrap it up. Yeah, you you literally you, you restored them to their former glory dialogue around you changes and that's that's kind of it and it's like cool my, my job here is done i'm gonna go on to the other quest anyway though for me uh i guess i'd say one of my most embarrassing moments as a gamer it ties into youtube uh there was a period of time that i, I don't know if you paid attention at this point where fallout 4 was just uh there was a lot of rampant speculation and so for me <laughs> oh god it's so bad in retrospect it kind of made sense in practice but like in the moment rather but like looking back on it i was just thinking about it the other day i was like wow that was really bad to me um, so I, I don't know. I think it was like two summers ago. I made a video, uh, because a lot of people looked at me at the time. It was when fallout Four was a, a smaller community in a sense. It wasn't as big as, and wide as it is now where people could grow channels off of it. Um, fallout Four was this tiny community. And, and so people were trying to just figure out any detail they possibly could for this game. And so I remember, um, I follow, 
what's her name again? I used to follow Jessica Negri. She was like a, a cosplayer. Mm-hmm. I think she still is. And um, so she was like getting into voice acting apparently. And she said that she was like doing, she was posting pictures saying she was doing a voice acting gig. I was like, all right, cool. Good for her. You know, that's awesome. And then like all of a sudden she said like, she posted a picture of her like leaving wherever she was voice acting from and said like, thanks to so-and-so for giving me this Bethesda hoodie. And so I'm sitting there like all of a sudden the gears start spinning. I start like drawing up the speculation. I'm like, all right, so she's doing voice acting and she got a hoodie from Bethesda. I wonder if she's voice acting for Fallout 4. I got to tell people about this. And so I make a video on it. Oh. I have never been – felt more humiliated because it was just so – like it was just poorly – you see people are like, are you, are you fucking serious? You think because she got a sweatshirt from Bethesda that she – that she's voice acting. I'm like, but I'm just trying to connect the dots. I, uh, I deleted the video. I was like, this is, this is terrible. I, I, I was so mad at myself that day. It was so embarrassing. I, I hated that. That was, that was probably an embarrassing moment for me during a game. I'll say, uh, that doesn't well, sound so bad actually, but I, I, I don't know because for me, it, it was more so the, it was just too many gaps in my, yeah, life. right. Yeah. Right. It was just like, <laughs> dude, a cosplayer is voice acting and she got a hoodie from this place. So you think she's voice acting for fallout four. It's like, we don't even know if Fallout 4 exists, Matt. It's like, right. Well, um, I'm going to delete the video now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, to me, while playing a game, though, I don't want to cop out. While playing the game, I mean, like, I used to get, like, really mad at Call of Duty while playing with my friends, and I'd kind of make an asset of myself when I was a teenager. So there's that. Um, complete contradiction to my personality now where I'm very mellow. Anyway, uh, next question. This is the one I said was really good. It comes from Jesse Plays the G1 says, are there any games you loved when you were younger but you don't really like anymore? <laughs> That's a good question. I swear to God, I just was talking. I have one. Go ahead. Jack and Daxter. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Why is that? I used to love them as a kid, and I went back and played the HD collection. I'm like, this is mm-hmm. not clicking the way the mission structure oh. is. I don't like the gunplay platforming really isn't that good uh it just did, did not click with me and i used to love jack and daxter i mean if they came back and made a new one i'd be all for it but yeah it, it's just it, for me it has an h well yeah i mean i'm trying to people be mad if i mean because it, it's 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 gonna sound really weird but um i really love mass effect one and because of mass effect 3's ending i have difficulty playing those games again because mm-hmm. i feel like no matter what once i get done it's all going to be for naught. Uh, I run it with the happy ending mod now, so it feels yeah, a little better. Tell me about that. Yeah, but um, I, I guess I'll go old school. I used to uh, play religiously once a day. Every time when I got home on the Sega uh, Master System, I played Space Harrier. Space Harrier was like it full. You know, you were running. They even had a 3D version, but you were running forward. There, you couldn't stop. It was like all about you know enemies coming straight at you. And I absolutely loved that game. And uh, one day I played it. And I quite literally just was like, oh, I hate this. And turned it, and I never turned it back on. Like, it was the weirdest thing. I, and I was doing so well. And I wasn't even burnt out on it. Like, cause, Oh, I cause, hate this. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it was weird. I remember just playing it. And all of a sudden, I was like, I, I, I didn't die. I, I remember going through a level. I even remember the music. And, yeah, it was just like, oh, I, I quite literally hate this. I'll never play it again. <laughs> and then, like, the 32X, uh, I think the Wii on, on, maybe the Wii, uh, the Wii emulator had it. There were, it, it's been re-released one or two times on different systems. PS1 might have had it on, a, like, a Sega Classics. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know. It's weird. Another one for me is, uh, 
Spider-Man 2. That was like the, for a while, that was the like definitive open world superhero game. And I went back and played it two years. Which, which two system? Three, PS2, um, okay. original Xbox. Because I played that game so much when I was younger. So much. I wish I had my old save file to see how much playtime I had. It would be hundreds easily. I played that game, re- like you said, religiously, every day. T- you know, there'd be a- endless quests that citizens would give you and be like, hey, Spidey, and then they'd show you, like, a bunch of thugs in the street and you just go kick their ass or something. Um, it was I played it endlessly. And I, I picked up a PS2 again a couple of years ago, and that was one of the first games I bought. I was like, I can't wait to play Spider-Man 2 again. My God, is that game vanilla. Like, in the way mm. where it's just like, I have seen this. This was almost like the start for me of where, like, open-world games would do radiant quests, and they just oh, right. loop endlessly. And, and also, it kind of, like, the, the story wasn't that good. And, I mean, it, it just... I, I was like, I can't believe... I, you know, not like one of those, I can't believe, but it was like one of those things where I was thinking, like, wow, retrospect, I'm, like, wondering why I am uh, why I enjoyed this game. Well, that's uh, the reverse of that. I know you have another question, but I, is there a game that you uh, didn't like? And that, or, you know, or a series? And now you've, you know, as you've as you moved on, you're like, hey, what what is it? Fallout 3. <laughs> oh, cause, but, but that's because it went from, you didn't like the 2D versions, the... You didn't like the real time strategy. I or do you mean tried those? Like, I or do you up, mean when we both turned it on and did not like it at first? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what I meant. Like I hated it and I didn't play so it did here. And then I was like, I'm wrong. Something's wrong here. And I played it again. Yeah. I was like, okay, I like this. I like this a lot. That's this cool. is a brown simulator, is what I told. He's yeah. in the other room right now, and he uh, we were talking at work, and I was like, it's a fucking brown simulator. It's it, it's absolutely terrible. It's mm-hmm. I don't. And I just like you said, one day I was like, well, I must be wrong because everybody else is talking about it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, luckily I had a friend tell me turn left. He was like, walk out and just turn left and walk. And I was like, all right, whatever. And it, it, within like, you know, a little bit of time, something happened and boom, you yeah. know, my wife was trying to kick me out of the house for listening to that music, that menu music too long. You know, I was like, I love it. <laughs> it was great. Uh, any other games that I didn't like that I love now? I mean, not to stick to the Fallout theme, but yeah, <clears throat> the original Fallouts for sure. Didn't like those. Love them now. Um, <clears throat> looking around my room, see if there's any figures for games that I didn't like. Uh, Mega Man used to not like Mega Man, but now like X Eight's for sure one of my favorite games ever made. Because oh, gotcha, I love X Eight. X Seven was really good too. Uh, just something about the way those games were. Because uh, I don't like the the Mega Man like you know Mega Man two, three, four, five. You know, like those Mega Mans. But right. the X series, I love. It's so oh, weird. Gotcha. That is I weird. I don't know what it is, but I, I love the X series. And when I saw like they were doing an X collection, I was so excited. But it did not have X Seven or X Eight, and I, I, it made me very upset. That's not necessarily a collection then either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah. We're going to do the Virtual Fighter collection. How, what ones are in there? One. That's it. <laughs> well, that's a remaster, buddy. Like, like you can't call it a collection. Uh, I don't know. That seems pretty stupid to not yeah. have seven and eight in there. Anyway, our final question. I really like this one too. It comes from Overseer Vault sixty nine. He says, "You get to remaster one game that's not a Bethesda or Star Wars game. Pick." I have a good one in mind that, uh, that that came to me right when I thought of it because I was thinking of the game the, yesterday, actually. What was it? Have you ever played Death Row? PS1? Uh, no, it was on it was on the original Xbox. It was a game where you, you created your own team and you played a game where <laughs> you, you like I, yep, had like a I disc do. and you throw it yes. through the port. I love that yes, game. Yes, I know that day. game. That it reminded me of Battle Ball. Uh, yeah, I remember that game. That game is so good. Like, it's so brutal. You could, I remember being, as a kid playing it, I was I was fascinated. You could flip people off. I was like, are you serious? And, like, you could curse at them. And they had the most intense music. 
that game I, I ladies and gentlemen if you're listening to this right now and you can buy death row and play it on like backwards compatibility like on your 360 do it this game is so good and i want it remastered so bad it'll probably never happen but because it was a mixture you know growing up i, I love sports now i play sports now but as a kid mm-hmm. i didn't like sports a lot i i just liked video games and i i was always looking for a crossover and that's what death row is for me it was like this is sports because i'm like throwing a disc i'm trying to score i'm using teamwork but I'm also kicking the shit out of people while I'm doing it. You literally like beat the hell out of each other. There's blood all over the arena. There's there's pickups and power ups everywhere. It is such a unique game. It, it, it is so good. I love that game. I could argue that's probably in like my top twenty favorite games ever made. That game, I love that game. I'd say Mutant League Football, but it's being remade. We got to see it at PAX last year. Uh, Kadiz and I from the channel, we got to play it for a little bit, and that looked awesome. But for me, it'd be um, Chaos uh, Urban Response on the Xbox, the original Xbox. So this was a shooter. And um, you were basically this specialized team that would, you know, were taking out the crazies in the world. Like the, the shit was going crazy in, in the uh, and with terrorists and stuff in New York. But the game hinged on first person with a shield, a riot shield. Okay. And I still remember it was the first game I remember the sound being really good. Like when a bullet hit that shield and it vibrated in the controller and you heard this thunk and it was like. It, when when somebody was aiming at you and just bam 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 bam, and the shield was being pressed back into your body, and it was glass, it was like a plexiglass metal, and so it would like crack, and it would be harder and harder to see. It had Molotovs, it had, and it's funny because you mentioned like the uh, flipping off. The big thing in this game is this: when you kill somebody, um, when you kill the main part of uh, main person in any level, it goes to slow motion. For some reason, it loved to slow mo them saying "fuck you." So you would shoot them or blow them up, and they'd be on fire. And Cadiz is here. He played it for years with me. He'd be cartwheeling through the air on fire, and he'd go, Fuck you. And I would, I mean, dude, we would just sit there, and we would laugh. I mean, you know, I'm immature now. I'd probably laugh at it. It was so fun. But the gameplay really supported that. Like, it was just a great, great game. Also, I'm looking at that. What was it called again? Uh, it's uh, urban. Uh, it's uh, urban chaos riot response for the Xbox original, and um, I own it still. Uh, great game. Uh, another one. I know people hated these titles. There's two titles, two titles about guns. Two guys. I'm just. I'm. I'm seeing if I can hint to you. Army of two. Okay, yeah, I was about to say, that was, I, I li- just clicked. I was about to say so calm, I'm like, wait, no. The stupid to... guitar, the br- the yeah. bro hand, it, it, it was so dumb, but hilarious. I mean, my friends and I would be like, dude, I've got my cheetah painted, gold and black gun. Yeah, it, like, it was so over the top. Lincoln mask. Yeah. Yes. I, number two, I, I wasn't a fan of, but number one, um, number I would one love awesome. to see, I would love to see somebody, you know, like, revisit that as, as maybe a, a, an arcade title, PSN, mm. you know, because I don't think there's enough oomph to that game to say we want 60 bucks um yeah. but uh that's i would yeah i'm with death row because I, I that's a really good game you could get your money's worth if you bought it but like i don't know if it would it would get enough hype behind it where people would pick it up again but oh, yeah that game is i love that game to death um is there any game series while we're talking about this that you'd like to see that that are kind of dormant right now that you'd like to see see be yeah. continued like for me it's it's sly cooper they haven't done anything with that mm. in a couple of years now and i, I want to see him do something on the ps4 with that because I love Sly Cooper to death, and, and so I want. Yeah, to really... that's actually one that they haven't heard much on at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, uh, for... and it's not like these in time. The the newest entry that they did did poorly. Well reviewed, well received, sold well. Huh. So I'm sitting there wondering why not do another, especially on the PS4. Sure. For me, it's Virtual Fighter. 
Hmm. Yeah. So, so as a martial artist, like that was the the one that felt the closest to real. Mar- like, I'm not a big fan of fireballs and shit. Like, it's great to sit down. I like I Mortal know, Kombat. <laughs> yeah, I like I like Mortal Kombat because um, it's just so like it, it's so intricate Visceral. looking and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, but Virtual Fighter to me was um, we would play. We would come home and from work, and we would basically play from like three thirty to like nine every night, five days a week, and then on weekend have tournaments. We had huge. We would make fake like little fake trophies for each other and because there was a group of us that were really good and we all had our own primary and secondary character we would just play for hours and um virtual fighter more of a thinking man's fighting game so they that is sega sega has become real-time strategy the company and that's great they just bought who did they just buy uh uh endless the people who make endless space i believe didn't they just buy them i think so they bought somebody just like recently um that's also that they're 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 consistently real-time strategy. You don't hear them even talk much about Virtual Fighter, and yet there is nothing out there that's even like that. So Virtual Fighter would be, man, if they said there was going to be a full-fledged new Virtual Fighter, I would. I don't even know how to explain how happy I'd be because I actually feel like each gen with a certain game is missing if it doesn't have that game. Mm-hmm. So like for you, Sly, if, it, if, if the generation doesn't have it, you're like, eh. It's like a Zelda not being there for a Nintendo fan, right? Okay. I, I, that's how I feel about Virtual Fighter. Every single time we have like a, a year go by where somebody hasn't announced it, it feels a little lacking. So yeah, I, I, I remember playing. I don't know if it was four or five. I'm not sure how many entries there are because I've only played Virtua Fighter once, and it's very. It reminds me of the sense of Dead or Alive, where it's a heavy fighter. Like you yeah. know, you, you're really just big dudes tossing each other around and stuff, and it, you know the the sound effects are, are really just like, like just like I said, the best way to describe it is heavy. It's a very yeah. heavy fighter. I, I like that a lot about that game. Um, for me, I couldn't find that same amount of replayability. But then again, I, I've slowly realized over time I'm not like a big fighting game fan. Um, yeah, Mortal Kombat Nine was the last fighting game I really put some serious time into. Um, before that, can't even remember. You know, I, I've always enjoyed fighting games. Um, there's there is that wow, this game just hit me flashback. Remember Marvel uh, Rise of the Imperfects or whatever? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, that is the one game I played a lot of. This 3D fighting game, that was one I'd like to see kind of continue. That would be interesting. It's like an arcade title for 20 bucks. I'd really like that. Uh, I think I think companies don't feel they can do right now. Just don't. I just don't think they feel comfortable doing doing wow. fighters. Uh, sure. Soul Blade hasn't even. They haven't. You know, we haven't even really seen something from them. And I think that companies just feel that you know, unless it's Street Fighter and unless it's backed up by the competitive scene, the problem with Virtual Fighter and those type of games is um, they are competitive. But I think that they're a different style. Street Fighter is very technical and looks amazing, but it's also flashy. It's got that cool mix, right? It's like, yeah, we got some fireballs, but it also requires, you know, Cracker Jack, Jack Burton, <laughs> you know, Big Trouble Little China. I gotta be honest, I can't stand Street Fighter. Tactics. Either, either can I, but, it, but it, it's there for people. It, it, it makes sense visually, and, and they, they, they know people are good at it. Virtual Fighter, much less. You know, there wasn't you, there wasn't any fireballs. You know, there were some people leaping and ignoring gravity a little bit, but you know, and Dead or Alive, I think, eclipsed that because it had boobs. Like Dead or Alive is it was the was the cheap man's dead was a cheap man's virtual fighter. It was like they were all, hey, we're gonna have some pretty cool looking dudes where their boobs shake and and that. I really liked that game though. That was that was a lot of fun. So did Dead, I. Dead or Alive three. I want to say was it Xbox? Yes, original Xbox came on the i remember the specific issue it was when the xbox magazine first launched it was yeah. like demo seven i yep. think that one i i played that a lot and that's how i found out about dead or alive because i think 
on that same disc was a demo for was it Batman Vengeance or was it Halo? I'm not sure, but I, I remember being so stoked for demo discs. Well, back then they did them like you'd never see that now. No, oh, hell no. That, yeah, now you was, can just download them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that that was awesome to see. Well, we, and we don't see demos a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But, another, yeah, that, another series actually I thought of that I really want to have continuous Kingdoms of Amalur. I did not like that game. Really? Oh, oh, snap! Yeah. I want first hear this. time. First time we disagree. I yeah, no, that's fine. I want to hear this I, though. So I just I, I uh, it was just way too plotting for me. I do not know what it was about the control. Mm. It's something felt completely off in that game. And um, it reminded me a little bit of how I felt in Fable. I always felt that Fable held me back from interacting with the game world because of its control scheme. It always felt a little cumbersome. That's all. I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think it was like the best game ever, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it felt like... I don't like to use the word Skyrim as a descriptive word, but it felt like that Skyrim-esque world where it was open, Mm -hmm. multiple regions all looked different, but it had a fantastic combat system. I don't know if you like that about the game. I don't know if you like the combat. I don't even know how far I got in. I don't even remember. I just remember being pretty turned off almost instantly by the way it moved and controlled. And um, to me, a control is like the number one. Yeah. and and because I had a lot of games at that time, it was like, well, this isn't working for me. I'll come back to it later, and then came back to it because I think it was console and PC, was it not? Yeah. But yeah. Yes. So I think I came back to it later on the PC, and again, just mm-hmm. maybe Skyrim was out by that by then or something. You know, I don't know if there was a, there was probably another game. It Usually, was after, it was after Skyrim because I remember yeah. making a video. I may have I returned to Skyrim, time. which happens to me. That I'll makes, just return. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I wouldn't blame you. Yeah. I just combat system was a lot of fun that game was i think if anything like i respect that people don't like it but i also think if people haven't tried it it's worth trying oh for it's, sure it's yeah. for sure it's a, a straight up rpg you know it, it's an interesting concept so it, it's a shame that studio big 38 or something like that down the tubes come fucking completely it's insane yeah yeah, yeah. completely uh, how many times though like the longer we stay stay here and the longer we do videos how many times do we look back on like some year and we're all oh wow remember when that company you know was running remember when this company was i like it's i don't know it's it's pretty sad it's sad it's good because a lot of them stay in the industry but some just disappear like you know fish who made uh, fez you know you have developers he was an indie developer who made fez and he just just left left the industry yeah Yeah, he just lost his shit and and it's a lot to take in as a youtuber i get one one millionth what he probably got um luckily i'm pretty well i i can handle it uh that small amount, but he was, you know, just, I mean, he was hammered and he didn't handle it too well. And a lot of people leave for personal issues. A lot of people leave the industry. Companies go bankrupt. THQ went away and is now back. You know, I hope Violition at some point, you know, we see some stuff from them, but yeah, there's a lot of companies that it's just sort of sad. Yeah, they're doing agents of mayhem now. I yeah. Want, I want yeah. to see that. So do I. So do I. I. It's, it's weird to see the names return and sometimes not the people involved, but look at doom. Doom had no one who worked on Doom. <laughs> yeah. And, and this Doom is... And, and you're talking to somebody who spent years making levels in Doom. I owned Doom on the Sega Saturn, of all things, and played that thing, Duke Nukem Doom. I played it on every console, every PC. The new Doom is... It certainly, without taking any hyperbole in, it certainly feels as good as those old games, which is pretty crazy for a game that had no connective tissue mentally with... A, the, the originals. Yeah. 
That was awesome. It's definitely, it's really interesting because, you know, a lot of people think that's why, I don't mean always connected to Fallout, but a lot of people think that's why um, New Vegas was is now kind of like the definitive mm. Fallout game is because it, it was had, Obsidian. It was Obsidian, yeah, and they had connections to Interplay, who were the original creators of Fallout, so a lot of people really appreciated their vision on things, so it's interesting to see how Doom did that, and I agree entirely. I, for me, I didn't play as much Doom, but I played a lot of the first one, like a lot of it. I, I, I had it on the Xbox Live Arcade, so mm-hmm. I didn't have the systems at the time or even know what the hell Doom was. I, I think it was out before I was even born. But, um, you know, I, I remember playing that game quite a bit. And so, you know, go back to that uh, and see that they're almost equal in pace. It's just... Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Crazy successful. Look at uh, Shadow, uh, Shadow Warrior. Same oh, thing. Oh, yeah. People I'm love Shadow Warrior. hell for the second one. I played that at PAX East. Mm-hmm. I think that's coming out this year. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I believe it is. Um, yeah, so... And also, uh, Blood. Uh, Blood 2... Uh, is uh, the owner of uh, the owner of the IP, who's the original creator of Blood Two, which is, was around those time periods, um, also wants to make one. Shogo. Somebody had mentioned Shogo. Shogo Mobile Armor Division, one of the greatest, hilarious first-person shooters involving people and mechs. Um, that one's also people are looking into that. So you have like this return. Do you, do you know what I want to see? No one lives forever. Three. Did you ever play those? Kate Archer, the female British spy. They were on the PC. Um, oh, you like so lipstick familiar. guns, and, and it, it was it was basically no one. Mm-hmm. It was basically the Austin Powers type, but as a female. Really, and uh, uh, Kate Archer was her name, and it is fantastic titles. I mean, they are quite literally fantastic. And um, unfortunately, it, it it sounds to me last time I looked that the IP is in hell. Like mm-hmm. I own five percent, Atari owns three. Like these these in completely different separate groups own it, which is sad to me too. Cause I think a lot of the games you and I would probably bring up. We'll never see cause IP fights. Somebody, somebody will hold on to it with just the hope that it'll turn into something. Yeah. Like, so. like I think KOTOR is another example. Cause like, I know Microsoft EA now, like it. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, well, they could do, does it surprise you that somehow, but, Bioware has got away from Disney, and they allow them to continue that uh, that that world frame, which has it no me, connection. Yeah, it gives me that a gives me hope. hope. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's what I said when they were like, "Yeah, everything is being removed except Kotor, or except not the old Republic universe." Dude, like, yeah, good. Like, yeah, good. that's what I like to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, Anything but that's else? yeah that that that's it for this week. Um, I apologize for keep leaning over my my mouse. I have to literally go out and get a new one after this because my mouse keeps disconnecting. Like I'll move it and it's glowing, it's glowing. But anytime I try to move it, it just disconnects. So I love the co- color coordinated uh, beats and uh, mouse oh, you got yeah. going on. That's uh, You're like from, oh yeah, Fallout. Yeah, yeah. that's from uh, my friend Mallory. She used to work at Steel Series and she she always like sent me free gear and stuff. And so when Fallout was coming out, she'd. Uh, Shook me up. I have a Doom mouse pad right now. I can't show you because it's ginormous. But anyway, Jeremy, dude, thank you for your time. Once yeah, that again. was a blast. Yeah, fun time as always working with you, my friend. And thank you to everyone who listened this far. I hope Thanks you guys much. enjoyed. And we will catch you guys in the next week's podcast. Peace out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 